Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson. Today I'm talking to Ludvig Spenestel, who's a Swedish Olympic eventer. He did represent Sweden in the 2012 London Olympics, and he could be going to Rio. It makes a difference in my riding. And you get into gear, and then when you stand on the start line in Rio, you know, like, you've ridden those shows, and you've ridden fast, and you have the tempo in you. But otherwise, it's easy to be a bit careful, and, and then you stand there, and the horse is good enough. But the question is, are you good enough? This is Horse Hour. Hello! Where have you been? Riding. Oh, have you? Oh, bless you. There's no rest for the wicked, hey? No, no. No, but I had one horse that needed to have a second job today because it was bocking a bit too much this morning. He was bucking too much. Yeah. Oh, so no. He got twice today. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Sometimes, like, this was a, had a few days off because it banged itself. So oh. then it's, I think sometimes it's better to then not have a fight than just, okay, say, now I jogged it a little bit, put it out in the field, and then ride it twice. Just because it's unnecessary to have an argument about the horse just because it's too fresh. Yeah. I think it's so, sometimes it's more finding a solution. It's I, I don't like being angry or telling my horses off. So it's a little bit finding something that's like a nice way of doing things. Oh, that sounds uh, nice. You're a soft rider. I try to be. <laughs> Good. Because we see a lot of people that are, are quite hard. And they there was a video circulating recently, actually, of a lady that was telling her horse off just before a major competition. And, and people don't like to see it. They want to... Because we think of our horses as pets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but it's that, I mean, you always need to find... Sometimes you need to be a little bit harder on a horse. But I think it's... In certain cases, there's always a better solution. And if a horse is too fresh, it's easy to get annoyed or stressed yourself. And then I think it's better to just give the horse a long rein and go on a walking hack or something. And instead of, because I think a lot of people get emotional when it doesn't work Mm -hmm. with horses. That instead of saying, you have had a bad day and you get on your horse, it doesn't do what you want and you get frustrated. And when it's like this, it's, Give the horse a long rein and do something else. Listen to music and give the horse a pat and give it a walk for 40 minutes and then ride it the next day. Um, Do you notice a difference in your horses if you're stressed? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, And horses is so much about patience. You know, sometimes the horse will be fresh, sometimes it will be lazy, sometimes it will be stiff, sometimes it will be a bit supple. Like, it's it's always they're like us we don't wake up feeling the same every morning sometimes we feel a bit better sometimes we feel a bit less good sometimes we feel more fresh sometimes we feel less fresh and I think it's always thinking about this and do what's best and and be open-minded and not think oh the horse is now not good then I need to punish it or be strong it's if if it's not a lot of the time it's because the rider is, is frustrated themselves Mm-hmm. So, so then it's sometimes better to just think of something else and we all and do do something else. Just go go walking for forty minutes because at the end of the day, it's if you yourself is not in a good mood, then you will not ride well. Yeah. And, and we all have bad days, and when it's like this, it's better to do something else. Is there a little routine that you have before you go riding to keep yourself calm? 
No, I'm always calm. <laughs> Are you naturally? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I wish I was, but I'm not. But, but I try to 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 when I'm not calm, I try to just either really think about it, and if I still get a bit frustrated and feel that it it affects the horse in a bad way, I try to do something else because there's no point. We all have days like this. It's not very many, but. There's no point of having an argument with a horse because you have a bad day yourself. Because when I think of whenever I go to the yard, I have to get rid of all the stresses of, of work and life and whatever's going on. So I have to breathe. I have to concentrate on breathing calmly because so many times I've walked into the field and the horses have gone the other direction. I'm like, this is my bad energy. <laughs> they don't want to be my friend today. <laughs> but you don't have time to do that. You've got, I guess, so many horses to ride. You just have to get on with it. Yeah, but I I don't feel that like that. But of course, sometimes you are a bit stressed or a bit annoyed about something else and so on. And I think it's just you need to try to leave that out and focus on the horse. Mm, okay, we haven't even introduced you yet, Ludwig. Can no. you can you introduce yourself, please? I'm Ludwig Stanislav. I'm 25 years old. I'm a Swedish eventer. I represented Sweden in the London Olympics and is now aiming for the Rio Olympics. And was that the first Olympics that you did in London? Yes. How did that feel? It was amazing. I think there's a lot of fun shows and inspiring shows, but the Olympics is special. It's, there's nothing like it. It's, uh, there, there's so much so much publicity and and pressure and it's such an excitement and everyone is it's really what you work for when when you were a kid you thought i want i, I wanted to do two things i wanted to ride in the olympics i wanted to ride badminton mm-hmm. and and when you then get there after you know how much work you put into it and and how uh, how you really thought ev- all the way you, you when you have had a hard time you thought about i do this because i want to get there that's all. always when you had a hard time, you thought, I'm getting to the Olympics and it's going to be worth it. And then when you get there, it's the feeling is indescribable. And weren't you the, the youngest person ever to ride in the Olympics? No, not ever. But I think I think I was, uh, I, I'm not sure. I think I was the, the youngest one in the final, at least. Oh, that's amazing. So let's go back then to your, your younger years um, of when you started riding. I heard a story that you used to share a horse with your sister, Ellen. Yeah, exactly. So first I started at riding school. My parents live in the center of Stockholm and uh, and we, we once a week I went to the riding school uh, and I was, I was so frightened of horses. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I, I was so scared of them. I... I and my parents was like they they rode a little bit themselves, mm-hmm. so they they were like yeah sure you of course you should ride. But then after a few months after I started, they said Ludwig, do you really want to ride? You're so frightened of them. You the only thing you do is standing in the middle on the horse, and the only time you move is when you're allowed to play this game, which basically means that I get to ride around and everyone follows me. That yeah. was the only time I wanted <laughs> to really move. Otherwise, I wanted to stand in the middle on center line. And then eventually, as my sister got a bit better, but while well, I, I stayed at the center line, she got a horse which we shared. So it was actually for her, but I kind of, they're like, yeah, okay, everything is equal, obviously. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's both of your whole pony kind of thing. Um, but, and then I got a little bit better and a little bit less scared because, you know, then when you have your own horse, you, I think you create more of a bond with your horse and, and you feel safer. Mm. Um, and then eventually I, I got to ride my mother's horse and after starting to ride my mother's horse I then got really uh, inspired by riding and that's when I, it really started for me to be with my dreams to compete in the Olympics, badminton and all this was when I started riding my mother's horse because then it gave me a really feeling of this is what I want to do. So when you moved over to the UK then, which yard did you go to? So I moved over to Chris Bartle, uh, Yorkshire Riding Centre in uh, in Yorkshire. Um, and how old were you? I was 19. Oh, okay, so you weren't too young. You were old uh, enough to be able to look after yourself and do your own washing. Yeah, <laughs> don't know about that, but no, it was. But it's a good. It was. It's a good thing. I think you 
Yeah, I, I finished school and, and you move away from your parents and, and you, you're a little bit on your own. You know, it's mm. the first month was like, how do I bandage this horse's leg? I called my <laughs> mother like, mom, the horse has a cat. What do I do? You know, <laughs> and, and so so it's kind of a thing that you, you get to stand on your own legs and you you learn a lot. And uh, it's, a, it's a very important time in, in, in my life where I really changed the way I was and the way I thought and 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 really through improving me as a person improved me as a rider so your mum and dad didn't want to move with you no no uh, no did they have they always believed in you that you would make it to the Olympics no no they still hope I do something else (laughs) Um, what do they want you to do anything else really <laughs> um, no they, they are very supportive um but but it's it's a tough business uh, and and there's uh, you know it's it's not much security and um you you work hard through your whole life you, you it's not like you you get older and and it's it's easy it's we here at the yard we start and mark todd is out in the arena at eight with me and we ride you know, mm-hmm. it's it's no holiday, and he he's sixty years old, and he still works as as he's twenty. So, you know, it's it, it, and it's like this your whole life. So, so I think if if you love the sport and it's really dedicated, of course, this is what you want to do, like me. But if there is any doubt, you you will not last because it's so tough. Do you know, I'm hearing this time and time again, where it's tough. And unless you keep riding, unless you coach, or you train other people, or you you train horses and sell them, it's actually difficult to make money. Like, where's your, where's your, where's your retirement fund? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, to be honest, like, I, I think I, I'm very happy with, with my business. It's been, over the last couple of years, quite successful through, through selling horses. Um, and I think you, we... It, it's different different solutions fit different people for me i quite like teaching and it's and coaching it's something i do more and more mm-hmm. but i i want to produce the best horses in the world in order to do that you need to have a very good material to start with that's nearly the most important thing and in order to do so you you, you need to sell them expensively so it's always been for me that i invest in a horse that then needs to be sold and that's why i can make the investment in the first place mm. um didn't you sell was... one of your top horses last year yeah so i i sold i sold through the years i sold tempranillo which was one three star with chris burton which i, I rode around blenheim and then i also sold the one i had in the olympics shambari uh, to boyd martin who's uh riding it in kentucky Oh, wow. and, and then I had Alexander, which was the one I saw last year, uh, to to Stefania Dadremont uh, to Belgium. So no, it's been it's been good uh, good years. But but I think it's also necessary for for me to be able to produce new horses. I need to sell them, mm-hmm. um, and it's a sacrifice that even if it's so hard to see them go. At the same time, I know that the next rider I sell it to is going to take well care of the horse and love it as much as I do. Maybe uh, it's a female thing, but I'm a little bit emotional. So if I saw like a really amazing rider riding a horse that I'd produced, I think I'd probably break down into tears. <laughs> but do you still get that? You must feel so proud when you're watching them ride. Yeah, no, I, I think it's amazing. It's it's. I, I, I always thought, you know, it's like I saw so Boyd Martin, he rode... Shambari in the World Games and rode him beautifully, and it's such a nice feeling to see that, mm. that the horse looks so happy and, and so well taken care of. And, and you know, I, I, my, me myself, I try to sell horses to professionals because that's like the market that that I that I like to deal with and so on. And and the, all these riders today, you need to take. Give the horses the best care. Mm. It's because otherwise the horses will not perform. So, you know, it's at the same time. I I think it's really nice. It's it's also another horse that we produced is uh, Livingston, which mm-hmm. won the Young Rider Europeans last year with Will Furlong, and it's so nice to see a horse go and do so well with someone else. It's it's really gives you a buzz and that you educated the horse well from the beginning do you use forms of natural horsemanship to to train them and to help with the bond 
to be honest, I have actually done it a little bit because I did it especially when I arrived at Yorkshire Writing Center. Uh, when I arrived in England, we did a little bit with Chris Barter, and and I, I find it quite quite interesting. And and I don't do it so much now because it's it's something that a little bit that I, I quite like the idea, but. If I had more time, I'd probably put more time towards it. Mm. But but I think the the basics of it is something I really like. And and it's for example that you know I I want my horse to follow me. If I walk in the arena, I don't want to need to hold the horse. I I think the horse should follow me. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit natural horsemanship, not at very high level like these Monty Roberts and so on. But but I think it's still. Still very interesting, and, and sometimes with very difficult horses, it can especially help. I think. Do you get many difficult horses then? To be honest, I try not to. Some, but it's a, a good horse. A little bit that sells well needs to be a bit easy. Mm. It's sometimes very good horses. It can be a bit quirky and so on. But I try a little bit that they they need in the end of the day they need to be easy. You know, sometimes you can find a horse and say, yeah, it's very tricky now, but in two years' time with education, the horse will be easy, and then it's okay. But I I, I don't really want horses that's tricky long-term. I want to be able to educate them so they become easy and nice to ride um, because that's a little bit – there is some tricky ones, but it, it, they're not – as easy to sell in the end of the day. Mm. Uh, I went to Lark Hill horse trials over the weekend and yeah. I couldn't believe that. I mean, there were so many horses there and so many chilled out just by the horse box, you know, really relaxed and it was blowing a gale and it was rainy and they all went into the arena. They did their job. They were all really chilled out about it and they went back onto their horse box. And mm. I, I should imagine that that makes your life so much easier if they're happy in that environment and they're happy doing their own thing. Does it take you a long time to get them used to that kind of environment every every horse is different sometimes it, but I, but i think it's a lot of the time if, if you're patient with a horse and give the horse a, a good base to stand on a lot of the time they will be feel confident and happy and relaxed but mm. of course there's some horses that will get a bit hot and so on but and there will always be a horse that's a little bit spooky at something, and, and that's not a problem for me. But difficult, hot horses that's difficult to ride, it, it's... Today, the sport is so competitive, and, and it's such a high level of everything we do, that if you have a horse that's a little bit hot or too, too difficult, you will never really perform at the level you're capable of or the horse is capable of because of this. Mm. Because when a horse is like this, you make mistakes, and sometimes you can say, okay, the horse, I didn't ride perfect, but a lot of the time it's because the horse is maybe not so easy. And it's important to always think about this, that that with the sport developing to so much and the quality of horses being so high, that, that the horses need to be very rideable at the end of the day. So surely the best way to counteract that is for you to breed your own. Have you thought yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I done that, and it was a disaster. So <laughs> not going to do that again. I, I, what I happened? We we bred we bred three, two out of a, a mare. The, this mare I told you earlier about that my mother uh, had that I then took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first horse, and it was a, a amazing horse, amazing horse. And uh, she got one that was a, a mare, her first foal, and it was. I I think it was a super horse, really, really. I mean, it has a special place in my heart. But mm. the horse, in the end, it, when it was five years old in the spring, it it injured itself in the field and broke its shoulder. Oh, uh, nice. So it's really a terrible, terrible thing because I that was a really special horse because I rode the mother and I really like this one and so on. And uh, so that was really a shame. But okay, the, unfortunately, that's horses and and. And then we had the, it, that one had then a younger uh, the next one which was out of the same mare but and out of Colerubin which is one of the really top stallions in show jumping, and mm-hmm. uh, the horse was very very cute very very cute, <laughs> and it was so cuddly like you uh, couldn't believe it, it but it had, was so untalented oh. <laughs> <laughs> like. It was not really untalented, but it was not talented enough. Mm. Um, 
but the horse was it was like a pet it was such <laughs> uh, it was so cute and it was like you, you you came to it and I was like you didn't really want to ride it you just wanted to cuddle it and it was <laughs> and then it was also quite small it was like it was almost 15 hands so it was too small for me so in the end of the day we 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 let some some friends is riding it so which is nice and he has a really good life and and so on but the horse was was not not what I uh, I really bred it to be. Let's put it that way. Well, you can't but, actually guarantee what's going to come out, can you? No, no, that's true. And then uh, we bred another one, which is which I sold last year, six year old. Now it's seven, which is a really really nice horse called Salunet. She she did I think she won novice and and one star and a super really really super class horse. Um, so, so she she was in the end uh, really nice. Was mm. of the ones we bred, but it's so very, one out of three. That's not bad. Uh, that's good. <laughs> but but it, it's so it's not very. The problem is it costs a lot of money to breed. It, it's easy if you have your own place, but you know we we don't have our own place. So then it it costs a lot of money, and it's very difficult to at the end of the day make that money up. Mm. So going back to your family then, how does Ellen feel about you being so successful? Did she always want to be in the Olympics? Yeah, I think so. But we're, we're, at the end of the day, I ridden a lot more than my sister because she she took a little bit of a break from riding when she was between, I think, 14 to, to 18. So so where she missed a little bit, a bit of experience that, that I had and then she she been done her uni degree and stuff so so she've done a lot of other things which then you know she she's equally a very very good rider but you, it takes time it takes time and it's the hours in the saddle sometimes that that makes the difference and she just needs to 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 get those hours uh, because her riding is good enough her feeling is good enough it's just that she needs to to put in put in the hours which She's now working for Oliver Townend, and that's exactly what she gets to do. So, so I'm sure in a few years' time she'll be beating me by miles. <laughs> she'll be saying the same thing. I hope about me. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it, it's always like, of course, maybe it's not so easy when you when when it's it's like this. I, I have had a bit more success than her, but she's done. She has achieved so much more in life. Through, through different things like university and, and so on. And, so and, how come you guys aren't training together? Oh, um, that, that is a sensitive subject. Oh, so. sorry. <laughs> yeah. no, no, but it, it's not... To be honest, I think it's great that she's up with, with Ollie. He's a great guy um, and, and gets really uh, a lot of experience, another point of view. And, and it's not so easy with sister and brother and, mm. and so on. So, so I think it's it's very good. We we worked together for a long time. She was based here with me. Uh, but sometimes so families, you know, they need to go out and fly the nest, as it were, and get their own experiences and have their own their own falls and their own knockbacks. And and each of you individually has to learn how to how to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that I hope in a few years' time we work together again and be based at the same place. Uh, well, how nice would it be for your mom to see you yeah. both in some major competition coming out together? Yeah. No, but I, I, I think so. And I mean, Ellen has already she's been around Bramham and started in Berlin and stuff. So, so she's not far off. Uh, but, but it's just like she needs to some more time, I think, to to, to really and more more hours in the saddle to to be there and, and and really achieve a top result. So how long do you think then realistically it takes? Um, I've heard some people have said uh, 10 years. I've talked about this before. They say the average time is about 10 years to be really successful. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure it's 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 very difficult because at the end depends a little bit what horse you've got I think a lot of the time and, mm. and how you train and who you train with and and so on but so there's no really answer for it. But I, I think one thing that's very important is that to make a horse a little bit really develop is that they need to have a horse where they can learn what how it's supposed to feel. Interesting. 
I think sometimes that people forget this, that to be able to learn how to ride, you get, need to get a feeling for riding. And get the feeling for riding, you need to get through a horse that gives a good feeling. Mm. Uh, um, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's what you... Uh, I know myself, I had a junior horse that was very difficult. It was a horse with a lot of quality, but it was a little bit too difficult for me at the time. Uh, and... Yeah, I was always struggling in dressage. And then in the end, I sold the horse when I was 18 years old. And I bought Shamvari, which I then, which was a young horse, which was six years old. But the horse was still a young horse, but it was, it was, gave a good feeling. And this is the horse that made me get a good feeling for riding and, and develop my riding, and especially in my dressage. Because before, the horse didn't really allow me. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. To ride it, it was always a little bit difficult in the mouth, difficult in the neck and so on. Well, this one gave me a feeling. And, in a, you know, in a month's time, I developed more, my riding more than I've done in the last three years because the horse allowed me to ride it and allowed me to develop my riding. And I think that's sometimes important. Yeah, because if we don't know how it's supposed to feel, then we can't teach them how to do it. Exactly. And, and I think it's sometimes something people forget that you, you, you need to get a feeling for riding. And I, I, the worst thing I know is parents that say, yeah, we can fix this uh, when, with the, 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 the waters and so on. It's, I always think, oh, this is, this is not good because a, a young, young rider or junior or pony rider, they need to get a good feeling, not fixing a horse that mm. they can do later in life. But you should get a horse. It feels good and gives really helps them to 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 ride correctly. So, how do you feel about dressage now? Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> necessary to do well. At the end of the day, no. I I I think what we do is is dressage, of course, but it's it's more gymnastics for horses. Like we, our level of dressage is not so high. It's more about gymnastics for horses keeping them soft working them in a correct way and so on and this is basics that would no matter if you're a show jumper uh, dressage rider or anything you do you need to work the horse in a good way mm. so and that is the basics for dressers it's more for me that it's it's gymnastics is that they need to be able to keep soft and work correctly and so on and if you do this with the horse you will do a good test mm. it's not more difficult than that so when you and Mark Todd are off riding together, do you give each other tips or do, is it just yeah, a case yeah, of I, just I chat? I keep telling him, I keep telling him lots of things, but he doesn't listen. <laughs> but I, he's starting to be a bit more open-minded now this year. So if he, I think if he wins a four-star this year, we know that it's because of me and not because of him. <laughs> I keep telling him he needs to have the heels down. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit stiff in his legs and then the heels doesn't really want to go down. No, <laughs> I'm joking. I would never, ever have the balls to say that to him. But um, 
But does uh, he does he help you then with your riding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He helps me a bit, and uh, but um, I think you know we we Mark uh, he doesn't. It's say, for example, we, we ride a lot of together, obviously, as we, we have one arena and we ride it in it together. And sometimes I put up an exercise and he uses it. Sometimes I hear you put up an exercise and I use it and we jump together. And so it's, I think it's, we, we have a really fun way of, of working together here and stuff. So does it get competitive? Yeah, 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 obviously. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you know. The day before badminton, we don't speak to each other. Oh, really? Uh, no, no. <laughs> we, we, um, but it, it is competitive. I, and I think it's, you know, if, some, if, if Mark goes a bit slowly, you know, we'll, we'll let him know. We'll let him know if, if he's been a bit slow around cross country or if someone had a little bit too many poles down, you know, we'll we let each other know. But mm. we did notice it. So. Um, I think it's a good environment. We, we trigger each other to become better. Mm-hmm. And and what's your favorite exercise to do in terms of training your horse? Is there one in particular? Being on the lunch line without stirrups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's my favorite exercise. Really? Absolutely. Why? Because I think it's important how you sit in the saddle. Okay. So what do you have? You have someone that stands there and um, and ha- holds the lunch line in the center. Are you lying to me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good it's a good exercise, but it, but but it's uh, yeah it's more painful than than uh, than than fun. I would say. Is that the one that you make your students go on when they've been really bad and haven't been listening to you? Um, no, because I hate lunging. Really, I get so dizzy. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but uh, I do it sometimes. To be honest, it, I think it's 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 a good exercise. Um, do you ever ride it, bareback? No, no. Why? Because uh, there is a reason that it is very painful for men to ride bareback. <laughs> and that's basically why I don't do it. Oh, but you feel so at one with the horse. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's also maybe why it's so painful, you know. Ludwig, you've you know, gone I, red. Are you blushing? Uh, no, no, I'm just a bit warming. <laughs> no. Um, no, I don't ride bareback. It was a long time since I rode bareback, and I have that is something I really don't want to do. So, what do you what do you think about all the like the tack and the bridle and all these extra contraptions that we use? Are you quite a free, not using too many contraptions, or do you keep it quite simple for your horses? I had some brands I work with, which I think is is, is good. Um, and I think it's important to have good stuff. I think, say, for example, I use bridles from PS of Sweden. I use saddles for, from Voltaire. I use stirrups from one company. And, and it's all small things that I think make a difference at the end of the day to get 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think at the same time, riding is very important. It's not about the tack, it's about the riding. But then the, the tack can improve small percentage in the, in the end of the day you need if you, if you want to win. Yeah. And yeah. everything matters if you want to win and you need to look into every detail. Do you have a sports psychologist? Yeah. And how do they help? So I had, um, it started because I had really bad nerves when I was younger. Mm. I really struggled. I, I was so rude to my mother. It was terrible, uh, and uh, because I was got, I got so nervous, and I took it out to my mother. So when I was sixteen, I said, "Okay, I, I don't want to be rude to my mother," and I didn't mean to be rude to her, but it's in the heat of the moment a little bit. So, so then I started going to a sports psychologist, and and he really helped me a lot. Uh, and and I, he gave me a lot of exercises like meditation and stuff, which I still use. And at the moment now, I have one which is not the same guy, but it's through through our Swedish Olympic Committee, we get support from with with different in different areas, and, and, and sports psychology is one of them. So so I had a, have a guy that I occasionally speak to, mm-hmm. but but I, I learned a lot about it when I was younger. So I kind of got a system and got these exercises I can use and, and I find it quite interesting so like I keep quite up to date about it and, and stuff and my my father he've done a lot about like kind of psychology how people think and so on so we, we speak a little bit as well about it and 
I find it very interesting. I find it fascinating because nerves, it affects all of us at some yeah. point. And even, you know, us amateur, very low level riders, we get so many nerves just from hacking going out. And I had a very sensitive horse once that my heart rate would go up and I couldn't control it. And you know that fight or flight, um, freeze or faint. Oh my God, I'd freeze or faint the whole time. Yeah. So I'd like freeze and <laughs> imagine my poor riding instructor, she'd scream at me, breathe, Amy, breathe, because I'd just completely freeze. I wouldn't be able to move. And this horse would then start getting even more excitable, which would make it even worse. And the, the psychology that I found behind it, thinking differently, actually then played out into other parts of my life, which made me much more chilled out. Less crazy. Yeah, that's good. It's amazing. So how often do you speak to them? Is it is it once a month or is it just when you, you're starting to feel a little bit nervy? Oh, it's probably about once a month. But, but it's a little bit as well, like, because I, you know, like, I did a lot when I was younger and I have a quite good understanding of it and stuff. So so I don't find myself in that big of a need at the moment with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um so if, if I would find it a problem, I would speak to him more. And, and what about your, your actual body fitness? Is there much that you have to do? Do you have to go to the gym? No? <laughs> yeah, I go, to, I go to quite a lot to the gym, to be honest. I go between three to four, maybe five this week. Really? When do you fit in yeah. the time for that? Because um, horse riding is, you know, that in itself is exercise, isn't it? No, but yeah, it is. But but I, I, I think as a rider, you don't need a lot of that much strength. You, but you need a bit of strength and condition, but not that much to be to be a, a low level rider. If, if I'm if I'm critical, but mm-hmm. but I think to be able to perform a top level, you need to when you go around badminton, you need to be able to 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 have a very high heat fitness and good strength to be able to keep your concentration and not make choices because you're starting to get a bit tired and so on because it's so such a dangerous sport i think that it's very important to be really fit so that you make the right choices because i think the fitter you are the better choices you will make um so so i think it's very important and and i i've had a really good start of the year I'm, i'm really pleased with how all my horses go but i'm also think that I, I have changed a lot for this year because I I, I want to perform and mm. I that I really feel a difference in my body and in the way I can focus and so on. So so I, I actually take it very seriously and I try to you know this year I I completely cut out alcohol and try to really eliminate sugar and, and all these things because I I want to be a, a proper athlete and mm. and I to really not give away some performance because of of things like I'm not fit enough or I'm not eating well enough and stuff. Would you say that you need more stamina than... um, I'm trying to think, because when you look at different sports, like my brother was a professional rugby player, and he was tiny. So they literally pumped him full of food and he had the protein shakes and he has to go to the gym all the time to try and build up his muscles because that's what he needed. He needed. He needed muscle strength. But for mm. you, would it be stamina that you need? Yeah, I think it's. But you need strength as well. I think you need you need a body that you you have a very. I think condition is very important, mm-hmm. and then I think strength. But I think you don't need you know you don't need you need a body that that has a good overall strength because it's also that if you don't have strength, you will also get a higher risk of injuries. You know, we see sometimes riders that is a little bit painful in the back and so on, and it's a little bit because they they lack the strength there. They they get a lot of put a lot of pressure there and the muscles are not strong enough and because of that they get a problem and pain. So so I think it's it, it's different ways that the way we ride, for example, a lot of riders have very stiff hamstrings and, and a bit of pressure in the lower back. And if you train and you, if you stretch, you will eliminate this factor. But if you don't, you will then when you get older have a big problem about it. And and I think it's an important thing and think about these things. So do you get support with that as well? Do you get nutritionists? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, good. So so, we, so through our Swedish Olympic Committee, we have a, our own nutritionist. And then I have a personal trainer as well through them that flies over from Sweden maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do two days of training. So he's actually coming tomorrow. And it's so painful. But it's good. <laughs> you know it's working if it's painful yeah no but i i think it's 
you know, the, the sport is developing. It's the same about the horses. We need, if you want to be, be the best, you, you need to think about things like this. It's, it's the small things that in a sport that's now developing and becoming much more competitive, much more professional, these things makes a difference. And I think it's difficult because at the same time, you know, I went to the gym now on Monday and I feel today is my day off, no gym. And you feel a little bit tired in your body from yesterday. Mm. And, but, but equally you need to, to build up your body and be in good fitness. So uh, I think it's, it's finding the, the right level, but, but I think it's important. And do you get time for a social life? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> I have to ask you because all the girls want to know if you've got a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. You get, how long have you been together? We have been together for about nine months now. Oh, okay, not long. So not quite proposal stage yet. <laughs> no, no, no. And is she a rider? Yeah, she is a rider. She's a rider. She goes to uni, um, but, but doesn't ride so much anymore, but rode before. But that's important, I think, because then she understands the industry that you're in. Yeah. So you no, know. no, she's 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 a very good rider actually. But um, we we do some riding stuff together. But equally, it's quite nice to do other things as well. Is she the one? Yeah, maybe. Ah, that's so exciting! Oh my goodness, so we could be seeing wedding bells soon. <laughs> I think I think it's a little bit of time left for that, but. <laughs> You know. <laughs> you know that you, it's three months wages that's how much the engagement ring should cost is it at least three Bloody months hell, wages she's going to have a big stone <laughs> you got to save up first you uh, need to go and sell another horse yeah <laughs> well then what are your plans then for you know it's a big season coming up you, you're doing really well so far you're on the long list short list for olympics for rio long list so long so list. it's their long list went out now last week i think uh, and uh, we have a couple of horses in, in, that's interesting and in the running. I think, I think it's something like five. So it's quite wow. it's, a, it's a good string of horses. Um, we've got Belton now next, and um, then we're going to Ireland to Ballandenisk, and this keeps growing. Hopefully, I have one from badminton. Are you doing badminton? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, you know, you never know. Like I, the horse that I have that I want to take to badminton is an older horse, and. Um, if if he feels really good, he will go. If he doesn't, he won't go. Um, mm. But uh, I hope so. I hope so. He's been really good, good up to now. So so he should he should be okay. Does that affect your overall, I guess, kind of score? If you if you have a horse that you can't take, say so you don't compete in badminton, does that make a big difference to that season? I I I actually think I've been thinking a lot about this, uh, and uh, and I know. I, I, I had a, a discussion with, with a Swedish guy called Peter Fredriksson, a show jumper. That, that is, is really a little bit the guy I look up to very much. And he's, mm. he, he started off in eventing. He was actually a working pupil for Mark Todd. And, um, and he's now a show jumper and really, really top, top, top rider. And, and he said, you know, for, for him, it's um, because he, he, he doesn't really maybe have the, the top. I don't think he's top 30 in the world in the rankings of show jumping. But you a little bit need to go to the best shows and compete against the best people. Yeah. And and and, and he said that for him, because he has a horse that's really, really good for the Olympics. But he needs to practice to go to the best shows. Mm-hmm. And, and and then I thought about this and I thought, oh, you know, it's interesting him saying that, that, that he needs to go to the best shows to be in shape himself, to really make the right decisions. And then I thought about this and then because, because sometimes we're a little bit careful with our horses, you know, mm-hmm. you don't really, you save them for this and so on. And, and it's not so easy to just go out then and perform. And, and I think for me, it's, it's actually, it is quite important to go to badminton uh, or, or to do a four star and, and so on, because you a little bit need to get into gear. It, it is a different type of riding a little bit sometimes. And, you know, you need to go out there, there, there and, and ride aggressively. And, and, and I think it's, it's good then because I think for me, I won't take uh, King Bob to the Olympics. I don't think it, it would really surprise me because he's a bit older and don't really want to put him the, pre- the pressure on him. Mm. Uh, I take a little bit how it's come, but but equally, it's for me, it's good to get those runs in me. You know, it, it makes a difference in my riding, and and you get into gear, and then when you stand on the start line, 
in Rio, you know, like you're reading those those shows and you're reading fast and you have the tempo in you. But otherwise, it's easy to be a bit careful and and then you stand there and the horse is good enough. But the question is, are you good enough? And, and I think it's something that we underestimate because there's a the, when you can ride a couple of big shows in a proper rhythm, then. Then, then you get into another gear. You choose some different strides, and you make better decisions. And, and I think it is important to to be there. If 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 I want to go to Rio and do really well, it it makes it easier to ridden around a track like that beforehand. Mm. Well, it's the next level of preparation, isn't it? The first level you start at home, and then it's doing the smaller competitions, and then building up and building up to to the ultimate. Do you think you'd be nervous for Rio? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but do you know what? You, I should I should rephrase that because you should be nervous. If, mm. if you're not nervous, you will not perform. But you need to be able to control the level of nervous that you are. You know that, and that's what I think. This I have these exercises that I use, so I can control how nervous I are. I, I don't want to be too relaxed because then I won't be on the edge of mm. doing a top performance. But I don't want to be too nervous because then I can't perform. Yeah. So, so it's just getting in this zone where you will perform the best. And, and that's where I'm going to be. Brilliant. I've got to ask you, it's been baffling my brain. I've been thinking a lot about the Olympics lately and how everybody goes over there and you have to get the horses over there. But who the hell pays for it? It must cost a fortune. I, I, I think it's, the, the, it's actually the organization in Brazil that pays for the travel of the horses. Because that will cost an absolute fortune flying them all over there. Yeah, but I don't think those arenas are that cheap either. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they I make the money on the tourism and stuff like that. But still, you know, like I did wonder. I, I, I think I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, but I think that previously it's been up to each nations to pay for it or the rider itself. And I think that sometimes it's been the case that then some riders haven't been able to come. And I think that they they've said that actually you shouldn't be a, be it shouldn't be a question of money if you go to the Olympics. It should be a question of how good you are. Yeah. And that's when I think they changed. I don't know if it was for this year or, or the previous year, but but I, I I think it's it's the right decision, and I I think it's really good of the the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, to to, to make this decision. So. Mm. So which competition then are you most looking forward to this season? The Olympics. Okay. <laughs> Apart from the Olympics. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see a little bit. I, I think I really, actually, I, I think I will have quite a few horses ready for Bali mm-hmm. as well, which, which is is a really nice show. Um, so so that will be an interesting show. Um Badminton is is always great, but but it, it's always a little bit. Badminton is always a little bit like when you have one horse going and you're not always a hundred percent sure. It's an older horse, mm-hmm. so so then it's a little bit. You, you're happy when you're there, basically. And then, um, but as I think, Aachen is one show that I always very much look forward to in Germany. It's it's really the the best show in the world, in, in my opinion, and and they do it so well and. That is that is one show that I always think it's 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 very tough it, it, to do well there. It's it's mm. it's so tough, but that it's really really a top class field, uh, and the facilities are are the best, uh, and the sport is at the highest possible level. You didn't want to, you don't want to do Kentucky. Yeah, I would love to, but but it, it, it's at the moment it's for this year. We, we I only have one horse that's going to do a four star in the spring. The other ones go to do. Long three stars in Samur or Brahman. And then uh, those, those ones will hopefully go to Bali or to the Olympics. So there will be more horses to, to do four star in the autumn than in the spring. But uh, hopefully next year. I really want to, but I don't have a horse for it at the moment. But Well, we need to find you one. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. If you want to buy one, I'm sure. Yeah. Something else. I did see a Facebook post of a woman. Oh, I saw it today. I'll send it to you. There's yeah. a lady that um, wants to buy a horse because her daughter's moved away. And I think her daughter's moved to another country and she used to compete. And that the mum is really missing being around horses but can't ride. So she wants to buy a horse for somebody else to take on and compete. 
Brilliant. How exciting is that? That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Just tell her to buy, to buy if she can buy like um, Chile Morning or maybe <laughs> Lupison, it makes my life easier as well. Oh, I'll put in a word for you. Ludwig, <laughs> oh. it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you so much for having me. Can we uh, can we follow you on Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. My username is Svenerstal. Okay. And um, if you are... About- I prefer Instagram. I think Instagram is much more fun, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, we can follow you on that as well. Is it the same? No, Ludwig Svenerstal. Okay, on Instagram. Twitter didn't really want my full name. They couldn't really handle all the traffic that would go through. Instagram is <laughs> a little bit, bit, little bit new. It can ha- handle it. <laughs> Well, good luck. Um, we'll, we'll keep updated. We'll follow you and see how you're getting on. And um, and I'm going to be cheeky and ask for a phone call in from Rio when you get there. Yeah. I want to yeah. know all the backstage gossip, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, what happens there, it, it stays there, huh? <laughs> and let me know when you're going to propose, because I want that exclusive, yeah. please. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Good okay. luck. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Ludwig, thanks so much. You take care. Thank you. You too, you too. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. On Monday, I'm talking to Trisha from Childerick Saddles. They make bespoke saddles and she is an expert when it comes to saddle fitting. She goes all around the country. In fact, she's global. She's heading over to Rio to fit all the top riders with their saddles. So she's kind enough to give us some tips and advice on what to look for in your saddle to make sure that it fits correctly, how to find a good saddler and different saddles that are available. This week, you could win a master fly rug. It's mega easy. Just head over to Twitter at Horse Hour and retweet the Master Fly Rug tweet. Good luck. Hope you have a good week and I'll speak to you on Monday. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter Mondays 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.